0: We wanted to say welcome to everybody online, too. Glad you're with us tonight. We are going to continue on in our study. Um, We're working through the epistles of Paul right now. And we are into the book of Galatians. And uh, we're going to dig into that in just a moment. Remember, our online Bible Institute is, um, is available to everybody that wants it it's uh, it's free there's a hundred and ten 115 plus courses online plus what we're doing now on Wednesdays and Sundays you can take his courses if you go and register at the school 20 courses will get you an associate's degree 40 courses will get you a bachelor's degree and so um, those are certainly things you can be thinking about that you may want to get involved with we have 792 students as of this morning from all over the world in our Bible Institute, pursuing degrees and learning, and some are just taking the classes because they can, but it's all free, so it's a great deal. So that's happening with that. All right, so in Galatians, now we just did, a, 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 we took six weeks and worked through some of the verses in Galatians uh, on Sundays, but now um, we just kind of want to hit the summary part of it here today. Uh, Galatians was written by the Apostle Paul, and it was written somewhere between a 48 A.D. and 55 A.D. And the, um, the church in, in Galatia was, um, it was partly um, comprised of some of the Jewish folks that had been converted, and also some Gentile converts, um, which was true in a lot of the early churches back then. Um, but they came under attack very early by a group of people known as the Judaizers. And the Judaizers, uh, we have talked about, what, what they did was they came from the church in Jerusalem, and they went to the church there in Galatia, and they said that they had more authority than the Apostle Paul. They challenged his authority, because, because they'd come from the church in Jerusalem. And um, Paul was saying that they, they don't have any more authority than he does, um, because he has the same, he's on the same sort of level as the rest of the apostles, because of the way he he came to Christ and all that that meant. Well, the Judaizers went into the church and they started to tell the Gentiles that they, if they didn't conform to the law of Moses, then they really weren't saved. That not only did they need the cross, but they needed all of the works that goes with it, and they were insisting that they get circumcised. So. Uh, that caused a lot of unrest, as you can imagine, and they, um, even when Peter was there, Peter was at the church, and Paul had to confront him, because he started treating the uh, Gentiles as second class, and that, um, that couldn't happen, and Peter had withdrawn uh, from them when he had been hanging out with them, and it was causing a big issue, and this was all because of the Judaizers, Um, and and so the, the Judaizers were an issue throughout the early church. Interestingly enough, they still exist um, in the church. um, There's still a group of people that uh, will go around and will try and put the law on the church. Now, some of us do it at some level uh, all the time. Remember, uh, I talked about cross plus very early on, and I said we have a tendency to add some things to the cross ourselves. But... uh, uh, this was taking on the entire sort of law of Moses. They said that you need to add all of these things to what you're doing. And um, today there's, um, there's some groups, without picking too much on any particular group, but there's groups that still do that, come to Christ and then insist that we should all be following the law. And they, um, they don't like anything that Paul wrote. <laughs> so, so that's part of the issue in what's taking place um, with that process. Also Paul uses another term they're called um, the Ecclesia, which is the called out ones, and so the um, that's who we're supposed to be. We're we're called out, and what that means is that that as Christ, um, as his followers, we're to live in the world in a different way, and not that we withdraw from it. We're we're to be an active part of it, but um, you know we're we're to know that we're we're belong to Him, and we're to live um, in that sort of idea of yielding to the spirit, and all that that means in the process. So that's what's going on with us. I, the um the is everybody hearing the echo that I'm hearing? Okay, good. So it's it's huh? Yeah, yeah. Is he working on it? Okay, good. Because it's making me crazy. I keep hearing myself, and I'm like, I don't want to hear myself. Yeah. Okay, so apologize for the double. Hopefully we'll get it figured out. I see them up there working. So we're running something through something. So we talked about the Judaizers, and we talked about what it means to be the called-out ones. So let's kind of run through some verses. Galatians 1, uh, in verses 6 through 8, it says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. So um, he, he sort of immediately in this book goes after that very group I was talking about, the Judaizers. And, and um, he's saying that what they're preaching is no gospel at all. If anyone comes to you with a different gospel than what they've heard, they're they're to reject it uh, in the process. And so that's why I've told you so often that it's so important that we understand what the gospel is, and that I give you those verses all, all the time, 1 Corinthians fifteen, three and 4, and, and that how Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he, was, um, he, he died, he was buried, and that he rose again, according to the scriptures. And that that's the heart of the gospel. That's the idea that we need to know. That's what brings us from darkness into light. It's that understanding that we were separated from God because of our sin. Our sin separates us from a perfect and holy God. We can't get back in our own strength. Good works don't get us there. Um, Living a good life isn't how we get reconnected. It's only in Christ that we are reconnected. And it's a complete gift. It's, it's because of what he's done, not what we do. Um, so we can't earn it. We can't earn it on the way in, and so the thing is always we shouldn't try and work for it after we're in. But what we do is we live a life in response to what's happened. So we're not trying to earn anything from God, but we're living in response to what he's done for us. And that's significant in this process of what we're supposed to be doing in this life, and so know the gospel. I keep making sure that's an important part of what we do. You have to know the gospel, and if somebody comes to you with something other than that, um, that's when you need to. That's when you know you've got a problem. And if somebody starts telling you something that sounds good, but maybe just a little bit off, ask them what they think the gospel is. And if they don't give you something similar to First Corinthians fifteen three and four, then you know that you have an issue that um, you don't want to deal with in the process. So that happens in Galatians 1. That's what we're dealing with. Galatians 2. Um, some of the most important verse, passages in the Scripture. Galatians 2, 20 and 21. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. And so, um, again, he's sort of reinforcing the idea that, that once we've come to Christ, it's, it's him that's living through us. That's what we're working to. And we live that life in faith. And, and this is a theme that we've talked about. Um, life has always come by faith. Even in the Old Testament, it, it came by faith. Um, we, Abraham was justified by faith. We've looked at that. The, the law was added um, after things happened. And, and the law was there to um, lead us to Jesus. So in Galatians 3, 1 and 3, it says this. I'm starting to get really close to feeding back here. Um, it says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? And so he, he actually confronts them on this because they're, they're being swayed into start following the law. And he's saying, you, you didn't earn it. Why, why would you try and work for it now? and And life is always found in faith. we said that, and and so um, the law cannot and does not bring life. It never did. Remember the law was was put into place sort of as a placeholder the The law was put there to um, help people realize that they were going to need Jesus and that they were going to have to move in his direction, that they wouldn 't be able to keep the law in their own strength and, and so um, th- that, that was the, if, if sometimes people ask, you know, what was the, the heart of the law? Part of it is, it's always been about love. The, the Ten Commandments that God gave us were a love thing, they were never a law thing. Remember, the Ten Commandments were given after people had been delivered and rescued, after they had been set free from captivity and bondage. It was how they were supposed to live in response. They were to love God, love themselves love others. That's, that's what the law sort of moves down to. The first three are about loving God. The fourth one is about loving yourself. The last ones are about loving others. And that when we really understand what's taken place for us and what God has done for us in Christ, that our response is to love well. But our tendency is to sort of slip into this idea of trying to earn it somehow. But, but from the beginning... It's always been by faith, life has, and it always will be. That's always been God's plan, that it would come by faith. So, so the law was not life-giving, you need to know that. The, the law was just there as, a, as a, something to keep us until Jesus came, and then for us to realize that we would need Jesus, that we were not going to be able to keep the law in our own strength, and it wouldn't happen that way. So, so that's what he's talking about there in Galatians 3. Um, Now, as we move into Galatians 4, I love this verse. He says in verse 15, he says, what has happened to all your joy? And that's a great sign that you've started to move away from this relationship that we have in Christ, and you've started trying to earn it. Because the moment you move into sort of a law thing, you, you lose your joy. There's no joy in that at all. Uh, and, and so when you, when, you're, when you see people that are really stuck in trying to earn it and, and trying to be rule followers, um, they, they generally have no joy whatsoever. And that's what happened to the church. As soon as they moved away from a relationship that was real and life-giving and lived by faith and started trying to, you know, thinking they needed to follow all these rules, they lost their joy. And, and that's significant. We need to be aware of that. That, um, that this life that we have in Christ as we yield to the Spirit it's the most amazing life that you can have and, and that it, it produces a, a level of joy in us. So, so if, if we realize we're not having it, it may be we're trying to, to work and, and earn things that, that um, we, we were already given and, and that we just need to sort of settle in and experience and so, um, you know, as we've been talking uh, over the last couple of series that I've done, this idea of yielding to the Spirit is where life is. It, that, that's where this happens. It's in that relationship that we have with Him that, that we, um, we want to keep. And so, you know, I'm encouraging all the time to make sure that you're spending time in prayer. Make sure that you're spending time reading the Word. Because that's where, that's where we, you know, deepen this relationship that makes all the difference to us as we press on in this life. And, and then Galatians 5, he says in verse 16, so I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And, and so he says, if you're living by the Spirit, if you're yielding to the Spirit, you're, you're not going to keep living in that that old man. Remember last week, if you were here, I, uh, last Sunday, I talked about the, the old nature and the new nature. The old man and the new man. The, the, that Paul sort of paints a picture in Ephesians of we're taking one off and we're putting one on. And that the, the new sort of clothing that we're putting on isn't clothing that we've made. It's his righteousness that he's provided for us. We're putting that on. But that when we come to Christ, the thing that happens is, is that we're, we're two natures. Um, we, you know, I was, we had our fallen nature, our sin nature that we're, we're born with, and then we come to Christ, we get a new nature. But the old one isn't just sort of cast off, it's there. We have to sort of be in the process of taking it off and putting on the new one. But that's constant and throughout the days, making those decisions that we're going to be the, the new person and we're going to walk in that way. And, and so um, as we yield to him, we start to do that. And we don't yield then to the acts of the sinful nature, which are in 19 through 21 of uh, Galatians 5. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so um, those, those were the practices that he lists there of what you know, we used to be, what we would move towards. But now we're, we're to yield to the Spirit and we're to live for Him. And in that process then, the fruit of the Spirit is delivered in our lives. And these, these are things that happened that could have never happened when we were trying to follow the law, if we were trying to follow the law. Galatians 5, through 25. The fruit of the Spirit is love Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we're living by the Spirit now. We're yielding to the Spirit. And, and what's being produced in us are these, these things. Love and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control, that, that these are the, the characteristics of God that should be evidenced in us, and they should be increasing over time. Um, it, it's, it's thing, there are things that we should experience in, in our lives, because it's what happens when we're yielding to the Spirit. Uh, these aren't things that we can sort of whip up on our own. These are things that happen. Um, as we yield to him, and, and we learn to sort of love the way that he loves, and we understand that there 's a joy that we can experience not a pretend fake joy but a, a, a real joy, even even in those difficult things there 's a, there's a sense that he 's with us and that he 's for us and, and, and so and we know that we have a future in him, and so we can settle in that um, there 's a peace that that is available to us that passes understanding the scripture talks about peace like that that it's a it's a peace that we have in the presence of God it's it's a part it's it's separate from circumstances kindness should begin to happen um that 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 becomes our sort of go-to mode that we we just start being kind Um, there'll be times when we're not but um we should be kind you probably think I was thinking about driving there for a moment some of you were looking at me go he's thinking about driving again um Goodness should be what's being formed in us. That that that, that would be a, a trait that we have. Faithfulness that that you know we're 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 faithful. We're we're trusting in Him, and we can be trusted upon. Uh, gentleness is a big deal in in this walk. That that we would be gentle people, and and that that hard edge would would start to go away. That 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 um, I had a very very hard edge. When I came to Christ, and um, I, it can still pop up sometimes. My my hard edge will show itself in sarcasm, and and um, I, I know I've confessed that to you before. I like to keep it out there that that I I'm, I can be very sarcastic, uh, and like the best sarcasm are when people that you're being sarcastic with don't even catch it, and uh, that was sarcasm, and and uh, <laughs> and, and, and yet. It, uh, the Lord has, you know, help me with that. I'm I, I, I still sort of there. Um, it, it can be there, but it doesn't usually pop out now because I know that's not who I want to be or, or what that looks like. But that's that, hopefully, that, that gentle thing comes out in, in us. And self-control, that's part of the ability to choose not to just roll with the things that we want to roll with sometimes, that we, we sort of sometimes decide not to in the process. So, so this freedom that we have in Christ, it's, it's not to engage in all the things that we shouldn't be doing. It's, um, it's, it's a release from the old and, and warped sin nature into a life that, um, that, that gives the Spirit you know, the ability to produce in us this amazing fruit. And, and that's really what he's heading uh, us towards. And then in Galatians 6, 1 and 2, um, brothers, sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who are spiritual should restore him gently, but watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And so, you know, we're, we're supposed to be people that um, gently help people on this journey. And, and to me, that realize makes, you know, what I try and realize here is that um, some people aren't where you want them to be yet. Or, or where you would, you would like to see them be. Or they, they're, they're not maximizing their potential in the Lord. And, and, and yet we're not the ones that set that timetable. He does. And, and so we, we want to make sure that we're, we're approaching things as kindly as we can. Um, but, you know, there's also limits. Because sometimes loving people well is setting a boundary that says that's not okay. Um, so that they start to learn that some of those things are, oh, this this is not something that's okay. But it shouldn't be done in a harsh way. It should always be done with some love. But, uh, but you know, with the the mindset of, of taking care of, um, you know, the whole in the process as, as well as loving people well right where they're at. We also, um, personally, we need to settle in His love. And we want to make sure that we're um, not comparing ourselves to others. To sort of find our, you know, our security, or sort of measure where we're at, um, we're not allowed. It's not. It's never a good thing to compare yourself to somebody else. First off, uh, if you if you, you, you tend to pick somebody that you know you're doing better than because that's a win, or if you compare yourself to somebody who you think's doing a little better better than you, that's a, that doesn't feel right. And, and so neither one of those are valid. If you need to make a comparison, you compare yourself to Jesus. And that'll quickly bring you to a place of humility because you realize how quickly you're not sort of carrying the the life the way that he did and he does in us. And so um, I think sort of realizing those things helps us to get settled and to fix our eyes on Jesus and then really run this race that he set before us. Because that's where we find life. And and as he closes out Galatians 6, you know, he's, he's just pointing everyone to the cross. Um, and that's been the theme through the letter. It's, it's, it's the cross. We we need to understand that, that you know, the, the gospel, the good news, is what is what makes it possible for us to have life. It's what Jesus did on the cross and how he went there willingly and paid for our sin and, and died and then defeated death and rose again. And that we, we want to move in that direction. It's the cross. And, and we don't want to be people that add to the cross which we have a tendency to do, the cross plus stuff. We don't want to start pouring things on. It's the cross. And when people get that message and when they really come to Christ, the spirit of God begins to change them and changes them dramatically over time. And and that's what he does. He's he's the one that brings change. He's the one that makes sanctification happen in us. And he's very good at it. And, And we just need to continue to allow him access into our lives to change us in those